seated. Praise God. Wow. What a wonderful time to worship. And, uh, we um, told Chip when we asked him to help out with announcements, just kind of make it his own. And so if you're a guest or a visitor here today, you are a VIP. But please see Chip for the gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate the fact that he wants to pay you for coming today. Uh, that would not be Grace Church. That would be Chip Watts at Chip Watts. <laughs> no, praise God. God is so good. Amen? All the time. I echo Janie's sentiments about our daughter, Jill, her husband, Jeff, and our grandson, Cam. He's a member of the 3-9 Club. Uh, he is, Cam is 3-9. 3-9 is March 9th. That's our birthday. That's my birthday, his birthday. At least eight other people I know are born on, eight, on March the 9th, and so he's part of the 3-9 Club, and we're so glad about that and happy. Uh, also, if you would grab five or so of the cookies out there and take them out, knock on doors. I, we do knock on doors uh, every Thursday and invite people. Here's a couple of things we do. We invite people. What I do is I knock on door. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm with Grace Church. And is there anything I can pray with you about? We're just in your neighborhood praying today. And uh, people always ask different things. A lot of people have things they pray. Chip and I went out on Thursday night, hit a condominium complex, townhomes, and we were knocking on doors. And a guy I knocked on his door and came to the door and said, Sir, my name is Mark. Can I pray with you about anything today? We're out just visiting people and inviting them to church. If you, if you have a church, he said, Well, uh, what church you go to? I said, It's Grace Church. Where is it at? I explained to him. He says, uh, What's the preacher's name? I said, Mark Dolphins. He said, uh, is he any good? <laughs> I said, he's not bad. Come find out for yourself. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> and so, but I said, he said, well, I'm Presbyterian. I said, well, if you got to church, we, we just encourage you to get plugged into your church. We want, we want this community to be lit up for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if you don't have a church, we invite you to come on to church. In fact, we've been dealing with an area uh, called Sunny Valley for quite some time, going down and just knocking on doors. We have some great friends, Dale and Monica Duckworth, that go down there with the team and do a Bible study every week. And so uh, this week, the place that they have the Bible study is being painted, so we picked up some of our friends from Sunny Valley. Can we welcome them today? Sunny Valley, we love you. God bless you. Thank you for who you are in Christ Jesus. There is hope, amen. We want to thank uh, Dale and Monica and their team for going down there. We want to give a shout out to, to Cherokee. We have a campus out there that we partner with on the reservation. And we want to give a shout out to all of our online viewers today. Can we give a shout out, Grace Church, for those people tuning in? 11 o'clock, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in each and every week. And also, one last thing. We're going to be starting prayer and fasting the 5th of January to the 26th of January. It'll be a Daniel-type fast. We'll have prayer service each Wednesday night during that time, and we'll have prayer, open prayer at noon, Tuesday through Friday during that time as well. So we'll have a prayer schedule out for you uh, by the 29th or by the 5th so that you can lock in. But I want you to be mindful about prayer and fasting and just all the things that, that God's going to be doing in 2020. We believe 2020 is going to be a great year. We're going to open up our downtown campus. Like I said, we've got Cherokee, we've got a Bible study uh, down in Sunny Valley, and we have, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had like 328 people tuned in to watch our service live at 11. So God's just doing some really cool things. We're not orchestrating it, we're just letting him do it. Amen? 
And I want to pray for a second because I got some special needs, special requests, but we've got a really cool thing I want to pray for. First, I want to give you this, uh, this um, thought out of Joshua, the first chapter, verses 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. How many knows that's the Word of God, right? So if we, if we meditate on it, if we do what the Word of God says, if we, if we just impart those things, for then... For then, everybody say for then. For then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many wants good success? How many wants to be prosperous? Amen? How many feels like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to do what God's called me to do. I, want to do? I just want to be right in the Lord. God, I want you to bless me and, and make my way prosperous. Verse number 9 then says, have I not commanded you, question mark, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? And so if we're, listen, if we read the scriptures, if we do what God's called us to do, we have nothing to be afraid of, and God God is ordering our steps, and he's being our rear guard. Amen? All right, that being said, I know people in this auditorium have things that they're praying about, things that they're hoping God will do. I want to pray for you for just in just a moment, but I also want to pray for a dear friend of ours. Um, one of our elders, one of our board members, is in Las Vegas this morning, and he's, he's made it to the national finals of roping nationally. So it's a, it's a big, big thing. His name is Kevin, and I want to pray for Kevin uh, and his family. Just that the Lord, Kevin's a great guy. He, he blesses the church in many, many, many different ways, blesses people in many, many different ways. And I sent him this scripture earlier this week, and, and he said, I'm, a, I'm standing on that, I believe it. And so I just want to pray for him, but I also want to pray for anything you might be going through today. Can we do that? And so can we just agree in prayer that the Lord would do what his word says over the people that follow his word? Amen? Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for this scripture. We thank you out of Joshua, Lord, that you said you'd cause our way to be prosperous. You cause us to be in good health. You cause us to have success, Lord, and we shouldn't be afraid that wherever we go, Lord, you'd cause us to be blessed and prosperous. So I pray for my dear friend Kevin today, Lord, that your perfect way and will would be done in his life. You'd protect him, Lord. You'd watch over him, God. Lord, you have him find good success, whatever that looks like, however that is. People going through situations today, this week, oh God, Lord, that need a, Lord, that need a, an, uh, an answer, Lord, that, that are praying for certain things, that need a blessing, Lord, in this Christmas season, Lord, that need a, a Lord, of place things in your in your hand. Lord, cause them to be successful. Cause them to be prosperous. Cause the, them to have favor, Lord, with, with the answers that they're looking for and the situations that they're walking into. We thank you that we can pray. Thank you for the opportunity. Lord, we ask these things in your name, and we thank you in advance for the testimony that's sure to come. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in agreement said, amen. amen. Praise God. Give the Lord just a shout of praise one more time. Amen. An answer to prayer. Praise God. All righty. Normally I would have you stand, but I won't today because we're going to come out of Acts, the 27th chapter, but we're going to read just bits and pieces of it. So it won't be a continuous reading. We're going to take out some parts, but I want to let you know that I'm keeping it in the context of which it is written. So I'm not just picking scripture that apply to the message or things that I want to say. I'm shortening the version to get to a point so that I can go over then to read part of the Christmas story. I, I'm 
I'm serious about the Word of God, and I don't want just to grab a scripture. Too many people will grab a scripture, take it for what it's worth, but they leave the rest of the Bible to, to get, let somebody else figure out. I want to read the scripture in its entirety, but I also want to grab things that I know that God has for us. I believe this is a word for, for us today, and I believe it's a word that God will use for us to grab a hold of in this Christmas time. We're talking about a timeless Christmas. We're talking about a, a Christmas that uh, is, we celebrate, but God celebrates a a little bit differently, and he celebrates it with hope, and he celebrates it with faith, and he celebrates it with, with, uh, with, with victory. And so scripture says in Acts 27, 19, and on the third day, everybody say third day. So third day is important in scripture, and we're considered third day believers. And I, I would explain that in depth, but for time's sake, I want you just to, to grab a hold of it, that in the turn of the 21st century, if you, if you look at one day as being worth a thousand years, and a thousand years as this one day in which Peter says, we became third day Christians, which is a life of victory. And so just, I wrote this down while we meditate on the scripture for a second. Here's what happened in the third day. A Abraham offered Isaac. But there was a substitution offering in the ram. Fifteen years were added to King Hezekiah's life after the third day. Joseph relieved his brothers from prison after the third day. Joshua crossed over and gathered the troops in Jericho on the third day. Jonah was expelled from the great fish on the third day. Queen Esther addressed the king on the third day. Jesus turned water into wine on the third day. And don't you know on the third day, the stone was rolled away and Christ was risen, a victorious life. Amen. He's our Savior. He's our risen king. And so in Scripture, when you see the third day, take note of it. There's something getting ready to happen. So Paul here is in Acts, and he's on a ship, and it says, On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Verse 20 then says, Whether neither sun, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. In other words, there was 14 days they were on the, on the waters, and it was gray and it was murky and they couldn't see the sun or the stars and maybe some of you because you live in uh, the Carolinas you see we see the sun nearly every day down here but there's parts of the country in the Midwest and the North where uh, the season sets in after Halloween and it's gray pretty much every day until you know March 15th or March 30th or maybe even Easter Sunday and so it's just, it becomes if you're not careful they call it the winter doldrums in January and in February it's just gray it's just another gray day. It's just, oh, and people have to fight depression, and they have to fight just, just, oh, I just want to get out of this cabin fever. Well, this is how Paul felt on the ship and on the boat, and maybe you're in a season in your life where you just feel like everything's gray, like all hope of our sa being saved was at last abandoned. We're, it's over. We can't, we can't do anymore. And if you're in a hopeless situation today, I want to give you four anchors of hope that we'll talk about in just a moment because Paul is on this boat and Paul's on this ship and, and it's going down and he's trying to hold everything together. And maybe you're the one in your situation that has the hope. Maybe you're the one in your situation that has faith. Maybe you're the one in your situation that is trying to speak life into a, a scenario or to a situation. So here we are, and all hope is lost. And we go to verse 22, and Paul says, yet I urge you to take heart. Everybody say, take heart. Take heart. Jesus says that. Take heart. In fact, Jesus said it four times. Paul says it two times right in this uh, series of scriptures. Take heart. At some point in time, you have to dig within yourself and you have to say, take heart. You have to, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. In fact, I have a pastor friend that says sometimes your heart has to tell your head to shut up. 
See, sometimes we overthink things, don't we? Or we outthink ourselves. Or when the, when the Lord puts something in our heart, our head says, it ain't going to work out. It's not going to happen. Your heart has to tell your head to shut up sometimes, okay? Yet now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you. Second thing then, sometimes we have to speak life into situations that we have no control over because that's the best thing that we can do. We'll talk more about that. But you, if you're not speaking life, you're living death. We say that one more time. If you're not speaking life, you're living death. We are life givers. This is part of the life of a Christ follower is we're supposed to plant seed into other people. We're supposed to speak life into other people. We're supposed to be encouragers. In fact, if you're a Christ follower, you should be the best encourager that anybody that knows you knows. We have to speak life into people. It's encouraging. I, I know that in my life that I've had people speak into my life. They've been in great encouragers in my life. My wife is one. My family is one. Different people in the church. Even if I preach a bad message, Pastor, it, that was a great word today. Well, it really was. And so, But thank you for being an encourager. Thank you for being someone who, who can encourage. We should be encouraging each other. This is what Paul's doing on a ship that is sinking, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. In other words, the ship's going to go down. It's going to sink. That's a reality, but you're not going to lose your life. Verse number 25 then, so take heart. He says it again, take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have told you. I love that part, for I have faith in God. How many have faith in God today? For I I have faith in God. That's a declaration. That's a moment. I think that's that part where all of a sudden the light bulb comes in. I, it's a hopeless situation, but take heart. I have faith in God. When I was a young follower of Christ, I listened to on the radio a gentleman by the name of R.W. Schambach, and he was an old school radio preacher. He'd preach under tents, and it was the coolest thing because he'd come to Omaha, Nebraska, and there'd be 10,000 chairs underneath his tent. And you hard to believe there'd be a tent that big, but he'd preach. And at the end of his radio message each and every day, he would say, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Boy, that's so true. It's so simple. It seems simplistic, but you don't have any problems. You don't have any troubles. All you need is faith in God. And this is what Paul is saying. I have faith in God. Take heart. I have faith in God. It will be exactly as I told you. So here's the thing. If you're speaking death all the time, it will be exactly as you say. If you're speaking life all the time, it will be exactly as you say. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when we start to feel those things in our heart, it's not wishy-washy, it's not naming and claiming, it's not blabbing and grabbing, it's simply speaking from the heart saying, my faith is in God. Yes, the boat might sink, it looks like it's going down, but my faith is in the Almighty King of Kings. When we, when we walk by faith and not by sight, it's not what we see, it's whom we believe. And when we believe in the Almighty, let's go on to verse number uh, 29. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for that day to come. Today I want to talk to you about four anchors of hope. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and thank you for who you are. We pray, Lord, that this word is alive today because you are alive. And Lord, that word hides in us. So we pray today, Lord, that as we receive your word, we grab these four anchors of hope. Lord, we can act on it. We can walk on it. We can talk about it. Open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our heart to believe. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Praise God. So four anchors of hope today. And the first anchor of hope is hope knows when to show up. Hope shows up 
See, Paul's on this boat, and as far as we know, as far as we re read the recording of it, he's the only believer on the boat. It's a boat full of prisoners, and they're, they're moving from one location to another. Paul's on this boat as a prisoner, and, and, and it's, it's going down. They've been weathered in the storm, 14 days at sea with no sun, no stars, no moon, no light. It's just been tossed to and fro, and they, he, they're going down. But Paul is a moment of hope. Hope shows up in this situation because he understands that in that realm, he's that light that can shine. Hope showed up some 2,000 years ago in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth so that we can have hope, so that we can have something to believe in, so that we can have life and that more abundantly. If we walk in this idea that if it's, everything's hopeless and we have no hope, then we have no life to live. But if we walk in this thing, I do have hope. Every breath you take, you have hope. Hope shows up. Hope becomes in, in our, at our house. We have a, a pool in the backyard, and the, the boys will, will, will try to swim across the pool or the length of the pool back and forth and back again. And, and you can see when, when, you, when they come up for air, they're gasping. And so I try it, and I can't make it nearly as far as they can. But that last moment, you try to, you want to swim as much as you can, and then all of a sudden you, and you grab that breath. That's like hope. Hope is like a breath that shows up. When you can just find hope somewhere. You, it'll grow your faith. Now, faith is the substance of what things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. And so if there's just a little bit of hope, if we take away all hope, we minimize our faith. In fact, we diminish our faith altogether. And Paul is, is telling them, wait a second, take heart. There, there, there's faith here. And so when hope shows up in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, although our situation may look the same, our boat might be sinking around us, the salvation comes from the Lord. And when we walk through this situation, maybe it's relationship, maybe it's financial, financial, maybe it's health, whatever it looks like, whatever we're walking through, and, and someone says there's just no hope in that situation, know that the boat might be gone, but God's still working in you, amen? God still has a situation for hope to show up. And so in, in this particular case, it was Paul showing up on the scene. In, in the Christmas scenario, it's Jesus showing up on the scene. But in your scenario, it might be Jesus showing up on the scene through you. See, it might be the fact that God's wanting to do something in your family, in your place of business, in your work, in, in, the, in, in your health, and he might be using you for it. Where is hope showing up in your life? The number two thing, uh, anchor of hope, is hope uh, then speaks up. So first it shows up, but then it speaks up, okay? And then Paul says these mighty words, I have faith in God. Take heart. I have faith in God. Is there any faith in this room today? Is God in charge of your life? Is there faith? See, if there's faith in God, then you can move mighty mountains. You can call those things that aren't as though they are. Romans 4 and 17, Paul records that even God, parentheses, who quickens the dead, calls those things that aren't as though they are. What in your life is needing God to repair? Call those things that aren't as though they were. Start to speak it out in faith. See, we've diminished the word of God because a lot of people just kind of do that, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and they need, you know, their fourth airplane and they need all their 17th house and they need a 22nd car and that's, that's nonsense. But do you need healing? Ask God. You need a miracle? Ask God. You need somebody that needs to get saved? Ask God. Take heart. I have faith in God. 
Somebody needs to see, we need to stand up in our realm, even if it's figuratively in your prayer time. God, I have faith in you. It's going to work out. I have faith in the Almighty God. I have faith. He calls those things that aren't. He is the Word that was made flesh. He was the incarnate. So then the angels came, and they, they made a proclamation. Today is born unto you a Savior, Christ the Lord. Why is it the angels they came to? Why is it these menial people, these low jobs, these people out in the field working, working the midnight shift, and all of a sudden angelic hosts singing all around, glory be to the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And they get excited and they run, let's go see this thing that the angels have broadcast. When you have faith, it starts to grow from your inside. Great doesn't, faith doesn't grow on the outside. It grows on the inside. All of a sudden, this faith starts to rise up in it. Faith starts to become part of you, and then you become a faith walker and a faith talker. I was 23. Give the Lord a shout. Go ahead. Give the Lord a shout. I was 23 years old with a wife and three kids and no job. And Janie and I would drive through some areas in Omaha, Nebraska, where we grew up in, where we lived, where we went to school. And we'd look at houses, and, and we're going to live in there someday. And i, I got to be honest with you. I was riding on my wife's faith. I didn't have faith at the time. I barely had hope. I was trying to look at I was trying to get food on the table that week. Forget a house. Forget a neighborhood. Forget, forget schools. I'm, I was just trying. And yet, when, and yet sometimes you can feed off of other people's faith. Maybe you're the person that needs the faith that somebody else can feed off of. Maybe you're the person that has the hope somebody else can feed off of. Maybe instead of speaking death, start to speak life into a situation. Yeah, it's going to work out. Yeah, they're going to rule in my favor. Yeah, I know, I know, I know things, are, things are in God's hands and I'm God's favorite because I'm God's favorite. It's going to work out. And don't you know we're all God's favorite? So you need to allow hope to speak up in your situation. Don't let that situation become hopeless. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, no, it's not going to work out. You, you know, you, you've been trying this too long. No, you, you need to walk in a hopeful situation knowing that God is on your side. Hope speaks up. Hope shows up. And number three, hope holds us up. What does that mean, how it holds us up? Well, sometimes you just need help, right? Uh, Moses had Aaron and, and, and her, and they, they held him up. And when they held him up, whenever his arms were raised, whenever he was up, the battle was being won. Josh was fighting the battle and it was being won. But whenever they, he got tired and he put his hands down. So in other words, whenever we praise God, the battle is going to be ours. It's going to be victory. But whenever we decide that we start to take our own selves, sometimes we need people to come by us and we need to hold us up. With, with hope. We need to hold us up in faith. Slap somebody on the back this week and say, hey, you can do it. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out. God's in control. God's in charge. Right? Hope holds us up. And we look at the story of Jesus coming to this earth, and we see the story of Mary. And I can't get past this fact that God just chose to use a young teenage girl. But if Mary wouldn't have been the one, there would have been somebody else. If you're not the one to do God's plan in your life, God will pick somebody else. But why not you? Why not Grace Church? Why not now? Why not here? Why not, why not as we walk into 2020, why not say, okay, God, here I am. Use me. Whatever you have, whatever you want, do with me whatever you will. God, here's what I'm here for. Why does it always have to be our way? Why not make it God's way sometime, right? Why not say, okay, God, here it is. Let's go to Luke's gospel, the first chapter. Let's start with verse number 28. 
And he came to her. This is the angel coming to Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Wait a second. I'm going to say this one time. If the Lord is with you, you are favored among the Lord. If you're a Christ follower, you are God's favored. That God's with you. If God be with you, who can be with you, against you? Nobody. There's not a devil in hell that can be against you if you're God's favor. You walk in that favor. Verse number 29. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. Could you imagine, honestly, could you imagine being a young girl? All right, you're engaged. They got engaged early at that time. She was engaged, and this angel shows up to her, which, first of all, would kind of mess most of us up, right? This angel shows up and says, hey, you're, you're favored, and she's troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Like, who is this? Verse number 30 then, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That might be a word for somebody today. Don't you be afraid. God's got favor with you. He's called you to a bigger work. He's called you to a bigger thing. He's called you to something much bigger than yourself. Why? So he can get the glory. He can get the honor and the praise. People, though, if we can do it ourselves, then God doesn't need the glory, right? You need to pray prayers that only God can answer. Don't pray prayers that somebody else can answer. Don't pray prayers that the bank account can cover. Don't pray prayers that the, that the attorney can solve or that the judge can rule on or that the, the banker can take place. You pray prayers that God has to answer and God has to step in and God has to be a part of. And you'll find favor with God. Verse number 31. I like the story about Mary. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus or Emmanuel, God with us. Now here's the part. When you find favor with God, and you receive that favor with God, he will birth within you a miracle. He will birth within you a prophecy. He will birth within you success and prosperity. Now, we don't like to say that word in, in church, but let's say, let's say blessing. But although the Bible says prosperity, I think it's okay to say you're going to be prosperous and good health when you receive all that God has for you. When you receive that word of God, you'll bear it. It'll come to birth. But first, you have to be impregnated with it. It has to incubate inside these things that God's telling you. You start to dwell on. You start to think about You start to look at and all of a sudden God will bring those things out of you he puts a dream and a vision in you because he wants those certain things to come out of you let's go to verse number 32 he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David of course this is the, the birthing of Christ verse 33 and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end Verse number uh, 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Verse 35, and the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. We call holy the Son of God. Listen to me. Here's a word for somebody. You need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You need to not be afraid of what people have made weird. You need to not be afraid of how people have made certain things so emotional. You need to just say, Lord, let the Holy Spirit come upon me. I receive every good gift from you, Father. I receive everything that you have for me. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what births miracles with inside of us. It's what births giftings inside of us. And sometimes the church world have gotten a little bit crazy in some realms. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you crazy. Holy Spirit is going to make you powerful. Holy Spirit is going to make you prayerful. Holy Spirit is going to make you hopeful. Holy Spirit is going to make you loving and kind and gentle and a peacemaker. Amen? 
Let's move on to verse number 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with, with her who was called barren. Then we're going to read 37 and 38. For nothing, everybody say nothing. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now hear, hear that. For nothing will be impossible. Do you believe that today? Listen, church, you have to believe that. This is important to believe. This is part of our hope. If we, if we don't believe that God will work in our best interest, then we have no hope. Then we're saying, devil, I think you're a little bit more powerful than God. If we say, hey, nothing is impossible with God. Wesley, stand up for a second. Here's my friend Wesley. Everybody say hi, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley got in a terrible car accident years ago. He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't function. And I, I mean, he was, he was everything, I mean, he was on, he was on life support. He was, Jane and I would go down and, and pray with him, pray with his father, uh, uh, Marvin. And, and, we, we, and Marvin said, Pastor, they want to they wanna unplug him. And he, he said, what do you think? I said, well, hey, what if we gave him a couple weeks? We were at Olive Garden, remember that? What if we gave him a couple weeks? What if we left him plugged in for a couple weeks and just see what God could do? And, uh, and coach, Marvin's our coach. Coach said, yeah, I think, that, I think that's good. I think that's wisdom. Let's do that. And then Marvin would go at 1 in the morning, and he would, work, he, would, he, would, he would move Wesley around. He'd move his arms around. He'd move his legs. He'd sit him up. He'd throw baseballs at him. He would. He'd, he'd try to get his reactions, and he was, he'd work them all night long. And then the nurse would come in, do an hour of therapy. The nurse would say, man, that therapy's really working. <laughs> Marvin would say, yeah, it's really working. And he'd go back that night. He'd work them one in the morning till like 6 in the morning, and then 14 days. And there was such great improvement that December of whatever year it was, 2011, whatever, those back doors opened and Wesley, Wesley come walking in. Now, the doctor, Marvin would always tell the doctors, Wesley's going to walk out of this hospital. He's going to walk out of this hospital. And the doctor said, that's not going to happen. First of all, it's not going to happen because we have to push him out in a wheelchair. And Marvin said, no, that's Wesley's going to walk out of this hospital. Um, it's a testimony that with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. So on the day Wesley was released, Marvin got in the wheelchair and Wesley pushed him out so that his words would be true. My son will walk out of this hospital alive and well. Can you give it up for Jesus today? Come on, church, that's a miracle. That's by the grace of God. Only God can and only God will. But you have to have hope today. You have to have life and faith today. You have to know that God is on your side. If he can do it for him, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for every person. God is alive. You have to have hope. Hope holds you up. Sure, it took a lot of prayer. Sure, it took a lot of work. Sure, it took a lot of effort. I'm sure there's a lot of angst, and I'm sure there's a hospital bill that's up to here because they want to put him in a different hospital. And Marvin said, this is the place. But when God tells you to do something, he's got a purpose and a plan. And the very last hope, as the worship team comes back for time's sake, the very last hope is hope has offered himself up. Hope has offered himself up. Hope has offered himself up. Hope today is Jesus Christ. You know that. How do you offer himself up? Well, he was born in a, as a baby in a manger. He was born as a baby in a manger. He offered himself to come into this world. You first have to be born to be born again. Not that Jesus needed to be born again, but he died and he rose again on the third day. 
He offered himself on the cross, on Calvary, because he knew he saw us here. On this Sunday in, in, in December in 2019, he saw us, and he, he saw that some people in the room might not have any hope, but he came that you would have hope. He came and died that you would have hope, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, the three places that the Lord offered himself up. Now he sits at the right hand. It's the power position. It's the power position. It's the, it's the, it's the position that, that Jesus earned through the trust of the Father for the remediation of our sin. He was the perpetuation of all that we did wrong. He came and he bought us back. He gave us a free life. This is what grace is all about. This is what hope is all about. This is what salvation is all about. But one specific thing that Mary said, we see it in verse 38 of number one, first chapter of Luke, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. We have to accept the fact that we now need to do things for God, not for ourselves, not for somebody else, but we do this now for God. I am a servant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed. See, we recognize in our life, this is the truest part of yes and amen. Yes, I receive it. Yes, I'm a servant. Yes, I'll do it. Be it unto me. Amen. So be it. Be it unto me according to your word. I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I, I'm lacking faith. Pastor, I'm lacking relationship. Pastor, I'm, I'm, lacking in, I'm lacking in hope today. I just want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you right where you're at. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you for that hand and that hand and that hand. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. I'm going to ask every person here to stand, whether you raised your hand or not. And I want you to, if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up toward kind of a, a, an act of surrender for just a moment. If you're here today, maybe your situation's not as dire as Marvin and Wesley's. Maybe it's even worse. Maybe it's something that just, man, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. I just can't get through, but uh, my hope is waning. I want to tell you today, there's still hope. There's still, there's still hope today. There's still hope your situation will turn around. You just have to say, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Let's pray, and then we'll sing one more song. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We agree today. We stand in agreement with those that raised their hand, with those who are standing right now with arms lifted high. Lord, Father, we are servants of the Lord. Father, Lord, if we've missed our way, if we've misused things that you've given us, we ask for forgiveness and a cleansing right now. And, Father, we walk by faith and not by sight. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you'd increase hope right now, increase faith right now, increase favor right now. Lord, increase the, Lord, the, the, the make the impossible probable right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that we stand in agreement together, Lord, for you making a way where there seemed to be none in the lives of the people here today, our friends, our family. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a shout. Let's sing one more song.
Father, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for our church family. I thank you for Grace family. I thank you, God, that you've given us such amazing friends and family. And Lord, that you gave Jesus the greatest gift. You give us the hope for our future. You give us the way out of impossible situations. You are an incredible Father and you love us so much and we love you right back. We give you glory and praise today, knowing your work in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. We love y'all so much. Be blessed and we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.